gonna dedicate to all of you, them who out there, I know if you say nice things to them girls. <laughs> Treat all like diamonds and pearls. Dedicate to all the girls around the world. Oh, this is Raven and Shaggy with a combination with Yamis. <laughs> Flip this one for oh, the just get it all in your body feel it head to toe i mean i i feel something uh what year was this what year did that song come out i don't know what year this song came out i mean youtube has a 2000 you know this song has over 360 million views ladies and gentlemen of course it does of course it does I bet that number correlates to how many babies were made since then. Like ever? Ever. It's probably, it's probably a fair assessment. Shaggy. I mean, All right, this shit, this song came out in 2000. Right when I was a freshman in college. And everybody, this was, this was the late night jam that you were closing to, you know? This was the late night, like you were working and you were closing your, your job? No, I mean closing in on that on that babe, that oh, honey, you that honeydew like, melon. You mean like predatory moves. You're finding yeah. the drunkest girl in the bar and she's yours. I mean, no. I mean like you had to be had to be had to work. You know? Oh, you had to, you yeah. had to, I'm talking I'm talking grown man game seduction here. Okay. Not not predatorial, seduction. Yeah, that's what a man calls it, and a woman calls it a experience that she reports to the police. <laughs> Don't make this creepy, Cody. I'm not making it creepy. creepy, man. Shaggy makes it creepy. I don't make it Hey, that baby, I'm going to come up and you don't know what I'm saying. Do you get in my car? Uh, what? You're in my car uh, now with my driving somewhere. What are you saying? Come up to my house. Now I'm up in your room. How did this happen, Shaggy? Life is one big party when you're still young. But who's going to have your back when it's all done? Yeah. I mean, there's some great lines in this song. I would I would call the, the transition of the 90s to the aughts this era of dark like heavy set they like they threw pastels out the window and they said we want bold colors but we want them just a little darker than what you would have experienced in maybe like the the early 90s where you had a lot of neon so we want these rich bold colors and we're going to transition that in. And that's what you kind of got in this 90s to 2000s type of, you know, loud musician experiences. Like even Hey Ya, the colors that these guys wear in Hey Ya, this, this music video. And and silk and satin. Yes. Silks and lots satins. Lots of silks. Lots of silks. Silks and satins. I mean, if like. You, I mean, if you were balling out and you were making these lovey-dovey songs. Nine times out of ten, you're wearing some kind of silk or satin. Absolutely. Absolutely. And they're wearing silk satins. And I got to say, like, I'm going to call out to Outkast. They had some dope jams. Dope Outkast jams. had some really dope jams. Anyway. Did, not Wasn't a big fan of Bombs Over Baghdad. A lot of people were. I didn't really like it that much. Yeah. Hmm. I much more liked Rosa Parks, Miss Jackson. Oh. Uh, yeah. You know, hey, yeah, yeah, 
Uh, I like the way you move. That's right. Oh man, that was my um, that was my ringtone for a minute. This is the Dan and Cody podcast. <laughs> this is it, right here, Cody. You put on those headphones and you go to work. Why are you yelling? This is where our message is heard. It's time to get hype. Say it with me. What are we saying? Dan and Cody. Uh, Dan and Cody. Dan and Cody. It's Dan and Cody podcast. Dan and Cody podcast. Dan and Cody podcast. Get some. Dan and Cody podcast. Bingo, bango. Welcome to the podcast. Yo. Sorry we missed you last week. It's my fault my fault don't beat yourself up dan we all have moments that i gotta own it i own this okay i'm gonna give it to i you. gotta own it okay all right um i i went uh, went to utah for work and uh and as part of that utah i had some time so i saw i went to cody's mecca of basketball basically is what I'm saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I witnessed mm-hmm. the jazz mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in their natural habitat. And uh, let me tell you something. I am buying what those jazz are selling, baby. I'm buying it. Ooh. Ooh. What ooh, a team. Ooh. Hey. What an organization. What a crowd. What an atmosphere. You know, they're playing right now, and it's halftime against the Lakers. I was pretty close to seeing if you wanted to get tickets and just go to the game. Tonight? Yeah. (laughs) And uh, it's halftime, and Donovan Mitchell's got 26 points at the half. Dude, that guy, I tell you what. He's he is a he's a gamer. He he's, is he is he is up for the challenge. He is everything Bradley Beal is lacking in DC. He's hundred percent. He's got a winner's mentality. He wants that ball. Yeah, crunch time loves it. He wants he want and he wants to like win, like win, win, yeah. win. That's all he talks about when you talk to, when you hear him in interviews. Win. I just we just winning. We're just gonna win. We're like that's what it is. Like yeah, as much as. There's this idea that you, it's all kind of garbage, but you cultivate that mentality if all you talk about is winning. Yeah. Like in, in that Dude, arena, in that kind of arena, you know. It's not it's not John Morant, it is not Dame Lillard, it is not um uh uh Lonzo Ball, it is not the other LaMelo Ball, whatever the other guy is. Uh Mitchell is the next D Wade. One hundred percent. Oh yeah, that guy. He's a, that he's, guy he's, is, he's Dwayne Wade, but he can shoot the ball better than Dwayne Wade. And I, yeah, that's true. And I think I think that's part of the reason. I think D Wade sees a little bit of himself in Mitchell, which is why D Wade has a minority stake in the Jazz. Yeah, yeah. Would you would you say I that's a fair think, assessment? I, I also think it's the that the Jazz ownership is really white. Yeah. They are and very uh, they need to show that they're inclusive and they're willing to, to diversify their group to yeah. keep players because players, you know, 
because younger players are more and more socially, you know, aware and adept at like what's going on in the world, they tend to be a little more so you know socially focused, and they want to sure. they want to play for organizations that are willing to support those movements. I mean, NBA does for- a very good job of letting. I mean, the NBA is the best professional sports organization association association like it's better than the nfl it's better than major league baseball it's better than soccer it's better than anything out there they just they let their players be the players and the ownership doesn't really get in the way of that so much they just manage it better i think more than anything yeah and like for those of you that don't really follow basketball like utah is a a small market team the jazz and but They've had a lot of success in their history, and they are known for being a real tough place to play. And that was on like display. At like I I I, I we we googled it when we were there. Like it holds as much as Staples, but you're packed in there, and it is. It gets that's the loudest regular season game I've ever been to. They wanted their chicken. They wanted that chicken, man. Oh yeah, that's right. Fourth quarter, opposing or you get two missed free throws. Chick Fil A yeah. gives out sandwiches to anybody that has a ticket. Yeah, you get you get free chicken, and like it was super loud. Like you couldn't hear, you couldn't hear. Boom! So it good. was crazy town. But I mean, like I get it, man. I I bought myself a hat. Mm-hmm. I I sent Cody about ten thousand pictures of some Utah merch if he oh, wanted yeah. it. Oh yeah, and I got I got you a little popcorn bowl next hey, time I see you. Hey, you know I appreciate a good popcorn bowl. Yeah, man. So, is it typical of a Idahoian or Idahoan? Idahoer? Idahoan? Is it Idahoan? Yeah. Is it typical for them to to be to to glam on the jazz? I don't know, man. Like I like when I grew up there were jazz fans. But I never felt that there were like true jazz fans. Yeah. I honestly felt like and even in my grade, people I graduated with, I think I was kind of like you know, people were fans, they were there, but it wasn't the same. I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe well, I'm wrong. Maybe hey, if anybody that I grew up with was a diehard jazz fan and I didn't know that, come forward. We need to converse yeah. because I was I mean, I was a I was a pretty hardcore jazz fan. I the thing is I've never been the guy that wears everything of a team. And like bleeds that way. I support yeah. them and I love them. Like the jazz were a family staple in my house. Like it's how you, how I bonded with my dad. And it was also like, you know, we would play, I think we've talked about this in the past. I, I did fantasy basketball in yeah. the newspaper. Oh yeah. The and old school. The old school. So like the, the news, the Salt Lake Tribune you would build your team and you'd send it in and then you'd accumulate your points throughout the year and you kind of went up against other people 
locally. It wasn't the same kind of way fantasy basketball is played now. But I would do that, and I'd, you know, it's like load up my roster with the Jazz, and, you know, I just, like, you know, I, I was... Well, that's... Uh, thank you, Baby J. Brian Wateen, ladies and gentlemen, thank you. By the way, happy belated, my boy. Oh, um, happy belated, Brian. Um, he says, I've never known a jazz fan like Cody, Idahoan or not. Well, that's very sweet of you. And I, you know, when, when Stockton made that shot to send him to the finals, there's few times in my life where I've cried that hard. You cried. Dude, I cried. I cried. I cried with joy. I cried with excitement. I ran into the other room where my brothers were and they were watching it. We all embraced and we jumped up and down and we were screaming and yelling because we were so excited. Dude, the Jazz, man, they, they've they been right there. Right there. Yeah. Yeah. Like, co- co- I remember... Uh, like early two thousand, well, like mid to late two thousands, like those du- those duels with Kobe with those Lakers. Oh yeah, they'd always get him to like six. The Lakers were have always know? been kind of like since the the Jazz and the Lakers since the whole like Kobe and the Kobe and Shaq era, like right at mm-hmm. the beginning and going like Shaq comes to L.A. You know, you had Stockton Malone, and they were still they just they couldn't get past the Jazz. Until like '99 or 2000, when they ended up making it to the finals that that year, and it yeah. was this like leap that they made, and it was it's always kind of been that way, even with Kobe's on his own. Hence, the last game he ever plays, you know, 40 year old Kobe Bryant drops 60 on the Jazz. You know, it's like, yeah, shooting the sure. face, right? But yeah, how how far away is Idaho or, or uh, Blackfoot from? From Utah, from the Utah line. From the Utah line, it's an hour and a half. Hour and, yeah. From Blackfoot, it's the Utah line's Malad, which is right on the border of Utah. It's like, it's on the Idaho side, but. Uh, I like Utah. So many people, when I, people that I met there were talking about how like, you know, there's been a lot of, uh, a lot of people moving out there. I mean, it, it's a nice town, like Salt Lake. I stayed in Salt Lake. It's nice. It's just, it's no liquor stores, man. It's like, what's the deal? There's liquor. And, but like, it's like difficult. It's not like, it's not at the grocery store. Yeah, there's not a grocery store in Idaho either. Really? I grew up, you have to go to a liquor store. Right. That's all they sell. And then they're given a license by the state. Like, they manage it. Yeah. I mean, in Maryland, you went to a liquor store, but they're all over the place. They're like right next to the grocery store. It was easy. Yeah, in Idaho, in Utah, it's it's like it's heavily managed. Like there's serious government controls in place. You just yeah. can't be some schmo to sell booze. You know, you can buy beer and wine at the grocery store. That's not an issue. But you can't buy straight up like, you know. What and are you drinking these it, days? It, You're drinking schnapps, peach schnapps. Uh, you just can't <laughs> buy peach schnapps, Dan. You gotta, you know, plan ahead. And it is it the, and isn't the beer like a different alcohol percentage? In Utah, it's like three and a half or something like that, or maybe it's three versus five. Like a Bud Light, I think is five. 
That shit's that. So that's weak. That's they they weaked it down too. Dude, you'd still get drunk off of two beers these days. Come on, get out of here. <laughs> a weak Bud Light. Weaker than Bud Light. That's difficult. I don't know, man. I know I'd get drunk pretty quick. I'm just a weak, weak man. So like you, Utahns, are you are like uh, like when the Aborigines of Australia got a hold of the alcohol, just fucked them all up. What? You don't know that whole thing. The Aborigines of of what? Of Australia. They had booze. Yeah, it's they like, got booze. There's a reason why there's like. And then, you know, excuse the excuse the description, but the, there's there's a reason why a lot of reservations, like Indian reservations, have chosen to be dry reservations, meaning they don't sell booze on the reservation. Right. They just don't want to even introduce it. Well, I mean, like you can leave the reservation and buy booze, right? But the idea is, is there are problems because they didn't have alcohol in the tribal arenas. And there's there's some information out there. I don't know if, like, mind you, I don't know if this is, I don't know all the science behind this, okay? Yeah. But I'd heard essentially stories where uh, they have bred out alcoholism in places like France and like different places in Europe. Like, yeah. essentially, they've bred out the genetic makeup for alcoholism because... Those people have died, basically, because they've been experiencing, they've been drinking alcohol for such a long period of time. I don't know how that works, being that now you have a bunch of Europeans come to America, and now there's a bunch of drunks there, like the Irish were last to get this gene. I don't know. But I don't know how like real that statement is, but there is something to, you know, the addictive properties of booze, the mental addiction, the the physical addiction that some that a person might have. Anyway, sure. Um, he, any, I mean, I loved I loved Utah. So I you're gonna move great. there then? No, no, that's not happening. It's very cold. Oh, it's very cold there, and I don't know what I would do for work. Uh, <laughs> the mountains, though. Oh my God! Like I, I finally put it together. I was like, "Oh, that's why the Jazz were had those had those those mountains on the on the logo for a long time." Yeah, that's a Wasatch. Those are the Wasatch Wasatch Mountains, buddy. The yeah. Wasatch Mountains, and you're down in the Wasatch Valley. Yeah, where did it's you stay in Salt Lake? Oh, like right by the airport. Oh, okay, great, fantastic. Yeah, right by the airport, but it was. I mean. Just, just you know, driving back, man. Just that part of the country, like Arizona, New Mexico, Utah, California. The that is beautiful, America. You know, I hate to say it, but like the middle of the country is just not interesting to look at. From like, there's not like visual driving. There, sites. there's interesting geological elements to these areas that you're referring to. Yeah, but they're like dead. Re- they're dead. There's no but life like, in these areas, Dan. It's dead. It's miserable. Those, 
those Arizona mountainsides, and then like boom, hit you with you got snow in Utah, and then boom, you get hit with this like red rock, like blood red. Yeah, rocks in Arizona and New Mexico, like the plains, these like mountains that are just like looks like they are cut in half, and oh, it's just it's gorgeous. Yeah, it's gorgeous. And yeah, I just I, I really enjoyed it. Really, really enjoyed it. That's good. Yeah. So how are you, man? I missed you. Hey, you know, you've been gone. Lots happened. A uh, new season of Love is Blind just premiered. Season Woo! two. For those of you that need a kind of a refresher as to what Love is Blind is, season one of Love and B- Love is Blind is, well, here's the concept. Uh, they separate uh, X number of men, X number of women into these two areas. They've never seen each other. And then they put them in these pods and then they talk to them. They talk to a wall with them on e- with a man and a woman on each side and they find somebody. And the whole premise is that they are going to either propose to somebody before they see them and then they set up getting married to them uh, within four weeks after that. So there's this whole process involved. They film all of it. The, the more, the most interesting elements are the first part, in my opinion, when they leave, it kind of takes away some of the, the magical elements. So this season, you know, Madeline and I chose to start watching it. Dan, have you watched it? I haven't watched the new season, but I watched the first season and, uh, really took a liking to uh, Giannini Giabelli. Oh, I don't know. Season if... one. Yeah. Yes, she was a, a very attractive woman. Yes. And yes, season one does a very good job of making sure that every single person in the in the house, in this world, is all crazy beautiful. The men and the women. Oh, good. All the men and the women in season one are crazy beautiful, right? So if you're the guys and you walk in and you're like, all these guys are like attractive, handsome hunks, right? Right. You're like, so then I can deduce that all these women are going to be like beautiful, gorgy buttes, right? Yeah. Well, because like the show is so, it's insane, but it's also easy at the same time because- you you sort of you can take looks off of the off of the well that's why it's not gonna work you know what i mean because you need these people like deciding to get married and and looks can't be the deal breaker so everyone's got to be pretty attractive and you can you can sort of like you know you'd bet that they're not gonna put some uggo on there you know i mean you don't know that but you kind of do like yeah TV in the first now. season when you're looking at everybody and you're like oh yeah everybody's like smoking like, hot like no all- one's ugly no one's ugly on TV anymore Cody this isn't the 80s buddy, this isn't the 70s buddy buddy buddy, buddy. But here's 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 what I here's I'm giving you the contrast to season 2 we got some old maids we got some grenades it's not that we have grenades We've got regular people. Oh, really? They have mixed it up. So what I'm saying is season one, these guys are like, oh, man, this room's full of a bunch of hunks. So I'm just guessing all of these others are some some beauty queens on the other side. 
And then the guys end up showing up. They're like, whoa, there's a bunch of weirdos in this season. What? <laughs> there's some strange looking cats here. This is not we, what I talking, was expecting. Are we talking TV regular or we're talking like regular, regular? I guess I, I, I don't know. Like background characters TV. Okay. So like, fine. We're not talking like ones. Like, like there's no, no one home, has like an there's abscess. Like, there's nobody mouth. that's got like you know, uh, you know, a big giant a goiter. Boil, a goiter on the side of their face, or like boils <laughs> on their face or anything. No, right. But you definitely see the difference, and they're like, oh, we're gonna go for a much more natural approach with people. We want this to be a much more realistic experience for them. Which nothing about this show is realistic. Like nothing. Absolutely not. You, you go if you if you truly are interested in finding somebody to be with, and you have uh, an assortment of ten or fifteen women to choose from, you're gonna find somebody that you connect to more than likely, because you're gonna find one of them is wanting to connect with somebody, whether they completely agree with you or not. The problem with this is like, I guess it's an experiment on how easy. It is to be willing to connect with somebody if they are willing to connect with you. Right. So do they do the same thing? Like it's the same. They just like sit, sit in these boxes and talk to each it's other. It's all the same. It's all the same at this point where they all sit in the boxes and then they don't see them. They, the, you know, you have the group, you have the people propose and then they don't right. see them until, you know, after they've proposed to them in the box. Sure. So, you know, there's some drama and there's a lot of emotions. There's a lot of fighting after this is all done, after everybody's like lovey-dovey and then they see each other and then the reality actually hits. You definitely see people's faces when they see the person they've just been proposed to or has proposed to them. And then they see and they're like, oh, that's what they look like. Like, oh, yeah, no, no. <laughs> oh, no, what the fuck did I just do? I'm not attracted to them physically in any way. You so see they that do, run they through do, their brain. They do play on that now. They are. That is a new variable. I mean, there's an element to it for sure. Like, you know, they're unique looking people. Gosh, I remember season one. Like there was a couple that got engaged and then like a week later, she was like, I do have like a lot of credit card debt. (laughs) Oh yeah. I remember that. And he was like, what the fuck? Okay. We'll figure it out, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. There's definitely like, there's there's elements to that, you know? Yeah. Did you watch like the whole season? No, because they, they, they released uh, half of the season. It's last week, and then they're going to release the next half, minus the last episode, on the 18th. So, damn here, it, Netflix! They're what, not doing these drops anymore. It's like it makes more sense to them. It makes more sense. Like it truly makes sense to release them. I used to be against it, and I love to binge. But I love the binge. The binge is the best. The binge is great, but the reality is, is you want to stay relevant for as long as you can. And there is something about releasing episodes one at a time because it keeps the buzz going. People keep talking about it. It's more of a story in the, it, the, there's more of a narrative in the public eye to being able to follow it. 
Like, there's a reason people watch shows episode at a time. Like, it's just, you know. That's what it is. It is what it is. But I guess here's essentially what happens is the show's really emotional. Here's the point I'm trying to make. Show's really emotional. It gets to it. And then you, I sit there and I watch it with my partner, my, my beautiful wife. And like things get kind of heated after we go to bed. And I don't mean like, ooh, physically, sexually heated. I mean, we're mad at each other. Like we're oh, really shit. upset. And I start kind of like poking the bear. And then she starts getting upset at me. And I'm like, what are you mad at? What are you mad at? I don't even know like what happened, but then she's like, it smells like shit in here. All you do is fart. Oh my God. I'm so fucking tired of this. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I haven't done anything gross like that. It's the dog. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. She's really upset. And then I get really mad. So then I end up sleeping out on the couch over this stupid show. Cause it changed our moods. Oh boy. So all over a show, over a show. All I'm saying, you guys watch this show. Watch it. Just beware that it. If you binge it, you it does something. It does something. I can't even. I can't even put it into words what it's doing to your brain, but it is turning you into mush. It's turning you into you are you are placing your expectations, beliefs, ideas, whatever it is, your worldviews, and then you are comparing yourself to these people in these boxes. And one of the major issues with this show, in my opinion, and the reason that it's hard for people to like, the reason why it's easy for people to get emotionally invested is there's no context to time. Right. And by that, I mean, you know, they'll go in this box and it's days. Like they're in these boxes for days. You, If you spent, you know, if it's seven days and you find somebody on the third day and then you spend the next, you know, five days talking with them all day. That time adds up. And then 100%. you propose to them at the end of that. Like that is added time that you've spent with this person who you may not have seen, but you've had more conversations than God knows what to, to talk about. And you connect with them, but you don't, you don't get that. You don't, you don't know how long they've been talking to each other. They cut it around so that it's like, oh, well, this was, this was an hour. So they've only known each other an hour. That's what you feel. And you feel right. like all of this is happening in that short period of time, which 10 days is a short period of time to propose or seven days or whatever it is. Sure. But that that lack of context definitely affects the perception as a viewer on what you're seeing too. Eh, you know, and then they create punching bags of characters. So everybody's kind of a character and they're shaping that with the way they edit it. Right. Have you and... Uh have you and Maddie buried the hatchet or what? Or do I have to come over there and, and be peacemaker? What what would you... Let's say you did. Let's say you did have to come over here and be the peacemaker, Dan. Okay. What, what, what exactly would you do? Cody, I'll have you know that at Patuxent Valley Middle School in Columbia, Maryland, I was a peer mediator. Okay, oh. and that meant that I was sort of a a bridge maker. Uh-huh. Uh, that was not a a teacher that I could get on other students' levels and help them solve problems before they 
you know, get physical with each other mm-hmm. or say something that they might regret. I was sort of a step between disciplinary action and helping people make find common ground. So you could you could arguably describe yourself as a man that would be like a conflict resolution specialist. Bingo. Hmm. Hmm. Bingo. So you would you would identify these said problems and then you would insert yourself in the middle in the middle to mediate any differences. I'll tell you what I'll do, Cody. I'd come in there, all right? Mm-hmm. I'd make it, I'd, I'd start with some comedy, make a couple jokes, all right? Get you two to the table, mm-hmm. you know? And then we'd start peeling down the banana, you know? That's the, then we'd, that's the analogy you use with these people? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're going to peel this banana back, okay? Then we're going to take a bite of it. And then we are going to really come to terms with the real issues. I make a few more jokes. We have some cake. And you guys are back at it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, what... What do you think? I, I mean, I think that's a, <laughs> it's a real service you offer to those in need. Um, I'll pass. Uh, but we, we figured it out. Um, oh, that's great. Oh, that's great. So we're okay. Yeah. We're okay. Hey, yeah. If you don't, if you don't need me, that's fine. No, but, no you but know, if we do, I'll let you know. I mean, I, obviously, you you do offer something, uh, but yeah. In the end, when it's all said and done, all I'm saying to you is, all of you listeners, just know that this there's a reason you watch this garbage TV, and it's because it immediately grabs you emotionally. It is. It is it is the, the a, a friend of the political realm now. It's this ability to buy, you you can't buy into this. You you just watch and you're just like I can't believe this is happening. Or I like them for this reason, and you get very small doses of these people. Yeah, and it's it's a shit show. You love to watch the shit show unfold. So gotta love a shit show. I am yeah absolutely. We're gonna get into that. I want to tell you about a company called JC Room Blocks. Do you have 10 or more out-of-town guests coming to an event near you? Maybe you have a bris, a wedding, a family reunion, a science convention. Maybe some friends are coming in town and they just want to get drunk in one place. Or your mom's coming into town and she's got 10 brothers and sisters and they need a room so they can all come over to your house and have a bagel. Well, I have the answer for you. JC Room Blocks. They research hotels in the area that you need the rooms. So if you're in San Diego, they're going to find those rooms. They're going to put them together for you. Oh, what? You need to be in Boston for a little bit? No big deal. Go over to Boston and hang out with your Boston friends. You got 10 or 15 of them and you need a room? Fucking Boston. That's what you're going to do. Since they're certified travel agents, they can get you the lowest possible rates. On top of discounted rates, they can also negotiate highly discounted bridal suites, shuttle service, and food and beverage functions. If you mention the Dan and Cody podcast, that's us. They'll waive their fee. That means you don't pay anything, okay? Check them out, jcroomblocks.com. I'm going to repeat that, jcroomblocks.com. They're on Facebook. They're on Twitter and Instagram. Follow them. Check them out. Get all them rooms. Dude, the Rams done did it, son. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, we've had a lot of great sports over the last little bit, and the Rams are uh, Super Bowl champions. They are champions. I got to tell you, they have renewed my uh, my desire to enjoy a, a team in, in that sport. For the love of the game, if you will. You have For found the- you have found what was missing and now you get it and hence you're wearing your LA Rams hat here. That's right. RIP the the Redskins, the Washington football team, they're not around anymore. They're gone. That's and I right. live here in LA. They're the commanders oh. now. They're the commanders now. My that old team is no more. So now I gotta go with where I've lived since two thousand and eight. And that's LA. Mm-hmm. You know? A big that's a big choice dan and i get it i respect that i could i mean i was rooting for the rams i was rooting for matt stafford i think more than i was rooting for the rams maddie staffy done did it he done did it man he, he did, did his thing he made, he made some pretty uh poor choices oh game, yeah but uh two picks two picks ain't good no um one of the picks i don't think really was his fault as much as uh, oh yeah no, no no uh but the but he you know he carried them on he carried that offense on his back and he you know him and cooper cup finally connected at the end of the game and that's when it counted and that's when it mattered and you know that's you know why it was interesting and exciting to watch yeah yeah i, I was texting you after the game and i said um i said that i after the halftime show and after they won i'd never felt more connected to the city sure which i i I just like that whole thing with sofi stadium being built in la the rams coming back to la yeah and then that the super bowl halftime show featuring what three out of the four out of the three out of the five uh performers were from LA Dr. Dre Snoop uh uh Kendrick uh was Mary J Blige from LA? I don't know if she's from LA. Yeah. I don't know. But and then like cuz 50 I, cents that, east coast, isn't he? Yeah, 50 cents New York and uh and, and, and Eminem is Michigan. Michigan but like man just it was just an ode a love song to to California to Los Angeles and I was like fuck yeah this is where I live man I felt so alive it's nice to be connected to a community of 12 million yeah it really is Uh, but LA LA's a culture dude I I really like I don't know. And and then I started thinking about it. I'm like, have halftime shows really embraced like the city that the half that the have they embraced the music of the city that the Super Bowl is being held in? You know? Mm, I don't I I maybe as much as this one. Yeah, like, you know, when they've done Super Bowls in Miami, you've had like Gloria Estefan perform and like you know, did Pitbull? Did Pitbull? Pitbull, come I think, out there? Did, 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 he's, did he's done a Miami. He's had to have done a Miami Super Bowl, right? I would I say know. that what made that Super Bowl more interesting was the fact that it was the Rams, right? You wouldn't feel that connection if it was Green Bay 
facing off against the Cincinnati Bengals. You wouldn't have cared. Like, right. Yeah. But the fact that the Rams were playing, it felt like you're watching the home team get, you know, have take the benefit of being the home team. Right. Like it didn't. I mean, ma- yeah. Snoop Snoop's like Crip bandana sweatsuit was LA Ram color. Yeah. Like it's all, you know, they're all le- rooting for the Rams. That everybody up there was rooting for the Rams. The only people that were rooting for the Bengals was Chris Collinsworth and his son. That was yeah. it. Nobody else cared. Uh, we're just rooting for the Bengals. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, anyway. But like, uh, but yeah, man, it's cool. It's cool to see the win. I think what also adds to that is you've seen them come back. You've watched them kind of grow over the last five years since they've been back in LA. Yeah. And to go from a team that was playing in the Coliseum to seeing them move into this new space and then, uh, you know, see their ups and their downs, be in a Super Bowl and lose, yeah. come back to a Super Bowl at home, win it. You know, I think it's a great story. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I really want to go to that stadium now. It's beautiful. Yeah, it the looks stadium gorgeous. looks really, really cool. Um, and it's huge. I'd, I'd love to do a... We should, we should go there and tailgate and do a podcast in the parking lot. I mean, you know, they do... Chiefs play Chargers pretty regularly. I think the Chargers are like a much better homegrown team. It's like seeing the Clippers, man. It's it's the Rams Rams house man. I can't I can't go there and see a Charger game. I like them Chargers, man. What? Get out of here! I do. I like Herbert, man. I like that Charger team. Is they are young and they are, dude. They'll be in a Super Bowl in the next five years. Don't be the antithesis. I'm not being the antithesis. I'm just saying, like they aren't a bot team. Right. The Rams are the Lakers. They're a oh, bot yeah. team. And I'm like, Do you, don't get me wrong. You know, it's great. They, yeah, they went, all, they went all in. They went all in on this season. Yeah. They they did they successfully did what Dan Snyder and the Redskins have tried to do for the last twenty years. Yeah. And a lot of that has like, to do with coaching. You got they yeah, they tried to hit a home run with like flashy receivers, big time defenders, you know. Uh, new age hip coach sure like they and and somehow the rams like they checked every box they did they didn't bite on hainsworth and deshaun jackson and donovan mcnab right like <laughs> they hit the home runs well their defense was you know they brought in the good guys at the right time and uh you know that team was like stars there's so yeah. many stars on that rams team defensively von miller Who's yeah. won a Super Bowl? Who won a Super Bowl with Peyton Manning? Uh, Aaron Donald. I mean, the guy's a beast, and Such they have beast. like what Floyd, the linebacker Floyd, who was like killing it out there. Jalen Ramsey, Ramsey was kind of being taken advantage of. Honestly, uh, Chase is really good, so it's hard. Um, but that's their defense. And then offensively, you had OBJ, and you have Cooper Cup, and you have. You know, Matt Stafford, and you've got a great offensive line, and like you know, it's a good, it's it's a it's a well purchased football team. They, and with all of that, what I what I really notice is like all of that, and they they were just the last what three playoff games they could have lost as easily as they won. 
You yeah, know, anybody. The interesting thing about it is they won the games, but and what was it? What's the big? What's the big stat? Is that all of the games in the playoffs? They were all the closest games ever. Like they were all coming down to the last thirty seconds to a minute. Every yeah. single game came down to that for the winning. You know, which which really shows that there is there isn't a lot of parity in the in the league when it comes to like good. There's you're either bad. Or you're able to win a Super Bowl. Sure, sure. There's no, yeah. You the 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 playing field is pretty level. Yeah, yeah. You're either on the stage of, of getting to the Super Bowl, or you're not. Or you're shit. Yeah. You're total shit. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. You're the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or and the I Washington Commanders. It, right. I, I guess in the NBA, there's like there's this middle ground of like mediocrity. Yes. But. It, it, especially in the NBA, it, it it pays to either be horrible or or be be ready to win a championship. There's well, no. You're also dealing with a sport that runs 82 regular games, 82 regular season games. Yeah, and yeah. then you also play another. If you get to the if you get to the finals, you've played almost another 30 games. It's crazy. Isn't that nuts? Like that's insane. That's, so crazy. that's insane. You're playing almost a hundred games just to become NBA champions, yeah. and like you know, it it lessens. It doesn't lessen it. It just shows like you've had to play at a high level for such an extended period of time. And yeah. in the NFL, like you know, seventeen weeks or eighteen weeks now. Well, hey, LA's favorite podcast supports those Rams, baby. We proudly sponsor your Los Angeles Rams, the Dan and Cody <laughs> podcast. I wish you could have gone to the parade. Sign me up next year. Next year we go. Dude, I cut hair now. Did you know that? Did you know that? Anybody can cut hair, Dan. I didn't get to teach my daughter how to ride ride a bike, but I gave my son his first haircut. Was it emotional? I got one. Was it emotionally hard? I think Jenny cried. Really? I was just like, I didn't want to fuck up the fade, you know? Oh, but Je- yeah. Jenny saved a lock. Did she really? Yeah. What like are you going to do? do with the lock? I think she's just going to eat it or something. Is that what happened? Yeah, you got to eat the hair, you right? You eat the hair? Yeah, it's a thing, isn't it? I have no idea. <laughs> is this like a is this a Santa Clarita Valencia kind of thing? Yeah, you put some butter on it. You say like a a little a thing, and then you eat it. It's oh, good luck. Oh, for good luck. Okay. No, I don't know. I I think. I mean, what I are you gonna do like with a, that hair? He's got like a baby book or something. You know, it'll like go in a shoebox and then shoebox. And then he'll find it when he's like. 25 and be like mom what the fuck is this shit this is disgusting you saved my hair she should wrap yeah. it up in like blue 3m painters masking tape like take the string and then wrap it up around it and then keep enough where she can write maddox's hair and then date yeah. it oh <laughs> uh, we might have the we might have the uh the umbilical shit too that like fell off 
Mm-hmm. We might still have that. <laughs> I just like I don't I don't like I guess you 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 hang on to it for posterity purposes, but I I it's like there's gonna be a lot of firsts. You know? yeah, it's pretty weird. I just I don't you know I get it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And um, this is in the same bag as all the baby teeth. Yeah. Yeah, you got to keep I remember I found my mom's bag of my teeth. Your mom is kept that your weird? teeth? Yeah, there was it was like in an envelope, like a like a legal sized letter envelope, Ooh, just a burn. bunch of teeth. <laughs> no, it's a bad move. Oh my gosh. I'm going to show my son. I'll be like this is where it goes. Dunk. What about the what about the tooth fairy? Tooth fairy's dead, son. There's a lot of keepsakes that that are that are kept by parents, parents and serial killers. I mean, and they're like the all end, the same shit. <laughs> Hair, dude. I was teeth. watching this. I was watching this TikTok, and there's this serial killer that they did this video on that was on there. You like the serial killer was he was highlighted in one of these Netflix shows, and I'd never yeah. seen the interview of him really. And they did a real interview with him, and. He basically said, he's like, you know, I knew it was kind of weird because I was holding this camera bag and I was walking up the stairs and inside the camera bag, it was, this was a camera bag that was owned by a girl and her head was in the camera bag. And I saw this couple come down the stairs and they, they looked up at me, they smiled and they said, hello. And I wanted to be in that type of situation, but the, the, the parallel between the two was so polar opposites. It, it was just strange to be in that place. And I'm like, yuck. You decapitated this woman and carried her head around in a camera bag that she owned? That's pretty weird. Yeah, that's really weird. Anyway. John says, John says, you want to freak out a kid? Give him a bag of teeth and hair on their 13th birthday. That's a good move. That's Here a great go, move. Or... Better yet, if it's a girl, this is Moxie, you give it to her first date. <laughs> and you don't even tell them, oh, this is just from, you want a piece of my daughter? Here, take it all. And just start throwing it at him. Just be like, here's her teeth. Here's I'm her. going <laughs> to make a necklace out of her teeth and wear it. Oh, like. When the, uh, when the boyfriend comes over. Okay. I think that's fair. I'd like to see that. And just shake it in front of them. Yeah, do it. Just rattle yeah. it. Gross. Get it. But nah, fading the kid's hair, because I'd be, I'm shaping up this beard all the time, you know? The only difference is I go low, low to long, going down, and oh, with sure. the fade, you got to go long to low. Right, right, right. So that was a little, that was a little like, backwards for me but i think it worked out sure i think he looks good 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 it's all that matters is how you feel about it and i'm gonna give a shout out to tony he gets it you're absolutely right you always save your child's first ticket to their first trip to the aquarium oh boy (laughs) (laughs) just just not on halloween right or christmas or thanksgiving any holiday where we would spend Our day at the aquarium. Um, yeah. Happy birthday, son. Here's your first ticket to the aquarium. That there's a uh, tiger fish. Oh, boy. Well, well Dan. 
Oh, we before all. we go, I want to get your thoughts on Jurassic Park Dominion. Oh. No. No. Really? Yeah, no. I just don't get it. It seems like a, you know, you hop around, the, hop around the world and try to save the dinosaurs in a uh, non, uh, you know, mean way. Is that it? They're trying to save the dinosaurs. It almost think, feels like all the dinosaurs are they're too big at this point. Like it's all too big. It's all out and out of control. I don't know what the intention of this movie is. I I I don't know anything about this movie other than the trailers and here's what I think it's about. We'll see if I'm right down the road. Okay. All right. I'm calling it. Okay. This is going to be a movie about like InGen or whatever saying like we're going to find all the dinosaurs, we're going to kill them. Okay? And then you're going to have Dr. Grant and the gang. They're going to get together like fucking Armageddon, the ragtag team with Chris Pratt. And they're going to try, they're going to have like, like three weeks to humanely get all the dinosaurs together back to Isla Nublar, or else they're going to get nuked by InGen. Or whatever who the, the 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 group that wants to like inhumanely like just kill them. That's what I think this movie is going to be about. Because in the trailer you can see them hopping around from like country to country. It's gonna it's just a, it's gonna be a roundup. You movie. think they're just rounding up all of these dinos? I think <sighs> so. That sounds really boring. But okay. Like what else can they do? What else can they do? The park's closed. All right. <laughs> The park's fucking closed. They're, they're, we're not going back to the park, and we're definitely, we're definitely not like, you know, exploring like DNA anymore, and like we're not making new ones. You Although, know? what's his name? Harry was then. It was in the trailer. The geneticist was. So maybe right. there's something to that. I don't know. I like in the end, like, okay, it's just going to be a lot of colors and a lot of explosions. It's like this last Jurassic Park movie. They all just ran out into the woods and that was the end of it. The only movies from this franchise that I would revisit a lot are Jurassic Park, the original. Yeah. And Jurassic World. Really? You like Jurassic World that much? I really I I liked Jurassic World because it's what I thought Jurassic Park was going to be. Oh, interesting. Okay. I like I like that there was a there's a park and it's open, you know? It's yeah. open for business. That yeah. that that was fun for me and then it like freaks out cuz that's what I thought JP was going to be as a kid. Right. But that's it. The others are the others are meh. Sure. Whatever at that point. I hear you. I hear you. Here- Uh, What'd Tony say here? It's just a nostalgia play. Bring back your legacy characters to play to get buttons in to get buttons and seats. I believe he meant butts, unless 
He's really a big fan of buttons in seats. I'm I'm calling butts buttons from here on out. Just so. like Star Wars, Halloween, Scream, etc. The latest Hollywood trend. Yes, I agree. It's definitely broaden your audience, bring in the old fans, and grab some new ones, and let's make the best we can. Uh, sure. Because seriously, because like what what can Do- what is Doctor Grant gonna do? You know, hold on to your What's- butts. That's what he's gonna do. What what is he why would they call him, you know? Why would they be like, "Hey man, we really need your help." Because he knows dinosaurs and he may know how to like track and catch. Track and catch. Yeah. Yeah, but isn't that why you have Chris Pratt? Well, he got him into this damn mess. And then what then what is the point of yeah, I I'm not even going to get into the details of like why then do you bring in <laughs> A mathematician, a chaotician, a chaotician, a chaotician, actually. Oh, yeah. A chaotician. There are all the hair follicles on your hands, and they can uh, choose to go the path of least I bet you, I bet you, we, I bet you, he, I bet you, we don't even see him with the other, with the group much. I bet you they like cut to him, and like he's like a talking head, like news person that they're like interviewing about, like. Why? Why do you think it why, won't work? Why do they always have to make them bigger? Why are they bigger? Yeah. You know, sure. Well, yeah. You, you see, there. Uh, yeah, yeah. They're gonna kill. Us, I mean, so, we'll uh, see how it plays out. Yeah, and then I guess, and then to t- make a final note, you know, where I stood on Marvel stuff. Did you see the Doctor Strange trailer? Oh, uh, did I? I think I did. Did you hear Professor Xavier's voice? Patrick Stewart? Charles. Yeah. Charles, Charles Xavier. Xavier. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be interesting. Show bringing the X-Men. I'm curious to see if they run through and they end up coming into play in our world because of it. That'd be cool. But we'll see. There's all kinds of rumors out there. We've got a rumor that um, Tom Cruise is going to be in it as Tony Stark, as an what? Iron Man variant. Uh, there's rumors that uh, Radcliffe, Harry Potter himself, is going to be playing Wolverine as a variant. Get the fuck out of here. Uh, th- yeah, man. There's all kinds of rumors out there because because he's playing in the multiverse, we're going to see variants in the MCU of some of the characters that we know. They won't be the we permanent need Efron. ones. We need Efron as Wolverine. No. He's clearly the choice. We need somebody much more, not pretty like those two guys. We need somebody really gritty and just like... And that's that's Daniel Radcliffe for you? No. I'm not saying it is. I'm saying those two guys are like, they're too soft. You need like really hard, gritty guys. You almost need like an Eastwood type character to play Wolverine. Have you seen... Uh, Zac Efron? I'm not talking Every- about strong guys, Dan, like greasy chest guys. I know you love these guys, but I'm not Everything talking Everything on him is chest- hard. Oh, my God. How you know Every- that, I don't even want to know. Everything on him, bro. Hard as a rock. <laughs> what is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? He's the hardest body there is. Dan, your love. Of these hard-bodied men, I mean, it's it's real. Everybody's gay once in a while. 
It's Hollywood. <laughs> what is it? Uh, I yeah. Never mind. I'll I'll give I'll give you that. Dan. I'll give you that. Everybody's great once in a while. Hollywood. That's right. Hollywood. That's right. Anyway, you was farting in the bathtub, laughing your ass off. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway. So a lot of good things coming out, man. At least we finally getting back into some movie swings. I'm stoked. I'm stoked on it. Yeah. So it'll be fun. It'll be a ton of fun, you know? Ready for some fun. Let's get back into the fun, the swing of fun. Anyway. Hey, it's good to it's good to chat with you, man. You too, it's been too long. Too it's been way too long. Too long. Uh until next time they're too long. Oh. Oh, one more comment. Yeah. What'll be interesting to see is to see Tom Cruise in the role he turned down. Because originally he was he was supposed to be Tony Stark. I'm glad he wasn't. Yeah, me too. Like it, they would have been two very different types of characters. One that would have taken themselves very seriously, almost to an Iron Man degree, and then the and then obviously Robert Downey's character, which is. He takes himself seriously in a much more like lackadaisical kind of a jokey manner. Yeah. Because he knows he's smarter than you. Tom Cruise doesn't play. He doesn't play the I'm smarter than you vibe very well. Yeah. Yeah. So, but you like that arrogance about Robert Downey Jr. You love that arrogance. Yeah. Anyway. All right, Dan. Well, you have a great week. All you listeners out there. Thanks for checking us out. Thanks for listening yeah. to us with your friends. Thanks for listening. Believe in yourself and know that Valentine's Day's over. You didn't have a date. That's okay. You didn't deserve one. And if there's two of something, one of them sucks. Thanks for listening and laughing with the Dan and Cody podcast. Our email is Podcast at gmail.com. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We are on Instagram at Dan Cody Podcast. Check out our website, danandcody.com, and you can contribute to the podcast by going to patreon.com slash dancodypodcast. Subscribe, bitch! Hey, everybody, play the tough guy and shit, bro. Right.